You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. I am Matt Rota, librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from the great white north, it is at Takes with Jake, Jake Patterson, and from Minneapolis, Minnesota, it is at fantasy underscore Will. Will the Thrill Greenwood. What's up, fellas? Nothing. Okay. I was assuming Jake. I was like Jay, Jay was introduced. Jake was introduced first, so great for first. for podcast the dead air. This is perfect. No, we're getting off to, off to a great start. Jake, what's going on? I mean, minus your sarcasm, Ryan. We're doing great. I am Jake. Doing how great. you doing? I noticed the dead air, and I was. I just wanted to see how long we could sit in it for. Hours. <laughs> we did. Really, gonna... We did a really good job. I thought. I'll just edit it out. So I, I hate uh, it. I hate dead air. No. First of all, you're not editing it out. We didn't clap at the beginning. We didn't do anything like that. This is for this is a fun, great off the cup like, show. Our eight viewers pulled out their phone or like clicked the radio pause and like made sure their device was still working. They they listen to this on two X speed because my voice sounds best at two X. Yeah, so the speed. silence. So you're welcome. Nothing. Yeah, here we go. Uh all yeah, right, well, the the reigning Pillow Palace champion is still down here, hanging out, ready to record a great episode. Uh, I'm, you know, we had like a little bit of offseason trades. We've kind of been in the dead zone. We got the Aaron Rodgers news, but uh, you know, Acres went down. But like a lot of stuff has been covered very heavily, and I don't really want to talk too much about most of, the, of those things. So. And, and, and training camp is back. You know, Eddie Goldman is back for the Bears, he reported. So let's talk about a little IDP action. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do IDP. Let's start out with the tweet of the week, guys. Ryan McDowell this week tweeted, since <laughs> 2000, teammates have both finished as wide receiver ones 29 times. Who will do it this year? So, you know, he pointed out in 2020, you had a couple of instances of this, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, also DK Metcalf, Taylor Lockett. So, guys, who's your uh, bet for uh wide receiver teammates to finish his wide receiver ones in 2021 uh first and foremost i can't get over this eddie goldman teaser uh, how can we move past that ryan <laughs> to the tweet of the week about these teammates oh, I, yeah. I am floored oh, yeah. oh yeah and and i guess something's going up in in green bay you know the the bears rivals uh, like uh, something about aaron Rodgers, and uh, i don't know but we want to talk about that um so, so what do you guys think, Jake? Why don't you go first? Because I know you got some strong opinions about this. So you're you're talking about some teammates. Do, do you want to go first, Will? I saw you cringe there. Um, let's, oh, let's, I was typing. I was typing. I forgot to mute, so I felt like I was being a moron. On yeah, the, don't on worry the podcast, about it. But uh, I have really heavy fingers. Like they're super strong. <laughs> we're working that quite heavily, so it is really careful. But so I, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. First and foremost, uh, first choice <laughs> he's, is he's got Jake off. I think, but okay, go ahead. Please go, Will. Oh, you just asked where I wanted to go. And then yeah, go, anyway. go, go. Uh, it's no one. Huzzah! Uh, kids spend every other year uh, that these kind of re- like rotate in the past six years. Uh, my honest opinion is I, if I were to like have to place money on anybody, I actually would say nobody. I think that's like, like I, I would take those odds in gambling. Uh, but secondly, uh, go Devonta Adams and Randall Cobb. There's a sarcastic <laughs> answer for you out there. Had to do it. Uh, my my actual choice is I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go DK and Lockett as a repeat. I actually like that quite a bit. Lockett just got paid. That consistency within the offense there and DK getting better. I still think Lockett can fin- fin- finish as a fringe uh, 
you know, you know, wide receiver one this year, especially assuming this is PPR scoring. It doesn't look like it says it in the tweet, but uh, yeah, Lockett also is he like when DK is blanket covered, uh, he can have some explosion weeks. And as we've seen with last season, when Tyler Lockett probably shouldn't have been a wide receiver one, besides like one huge massive week, maybe two of them. Uh, I'll, I'll actually take them as the repeat is my, my favorite choice. All right. I think that's a super solid choice and it's boring. Yeah, safe, it's, but yeah, I mean, I like it. It would be interesting. Cause I'm looking at this list. I haven't seen anyone repeat on the list. I mean, some players maybe have repeated, but Oh no, Jordy Nelson was part of one of these duos a couple of times. Once with Randall Cobb, once with Wes Welker, Randy Moss did it two years in a row. Okay. Well, there so, okay, that's like the oh, same yeah. combo. You got to scroll down. You got to scroll like down. So yeah, there combo. you go. There you go. So, you know, um, did three years in a row. I can't read well. So yeah, two, two years in a row. Three years in a row they did it. Wow, that's amazing. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, Jake, what about you? Who's your who's your pick? I just wanted to say that Lockett's going to be productive for two weeks in total, and he's still going to manage to be wide receiver one somehow. <laughs> well, with Michael Thomas already out for a while, like who knows what else is going to go down? Um, I think there's a lot of offensive units in the league where if one guy went down, one guy in the wide receiver core that that two guys left over would get like maximum target share. And there's like loss of opportunity with that for someone to become wide receiver one and two. But uh, my top choice is in uh, not injury dependent. Well, a little bit, actually um, it, it requires Julio Jones to require to play almost a full season. If Julio Jones is healthy, I think Tennessee is a lock with Julio Jones, AJ Brown, and then almost nobody else. Anthony Ferkser. Uh, yeah, but... Ferkser, um, baby. <laughs> Come on. Outside, outside Fer, of Ferkser. Who calls him Ferk Daddy? Ferk Daddy. Like, Derrick Henry's not catching too many passes just to skip over Will there. Um, Fair enough. So I think that they're an absolute shoo-in. Um, I have a few others to go off of, but I'll let Ryan say his choice first. Yeah, I mean, the first came to me, which I feel is super obvious, was, um, was the Dal- Dallas tandem of... Uh, CD lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I mean, it was a small sample size last year, but I just feel like this Dallas offense is going to be incredibly explosive. And um, that, that would be my bet. If I had to bet on, on a couple of guys and, and, you know, Amari Cooper may not be consistent, but he's going to have some huge weeks as he usually does. And I think CD lamb is going to take that step this year. And, 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 you know, if, if we were going to do like some, some hot takes, I might bet that he might have the most prolific, you know, sophomore wide receiver season, even exceeding Justin Jefferson. So the, the, the Dallas duo is that's my, that's my bet on this one, but you're right, Jake, there are some other tandems we can talk about. Cause there are some so, other ones that came, that came to mind, but that's, that's my bet. So I think, I think the Tennessee one is a good choice because the yeah. drop off after them is, is it's absent. It's an absentee receiving core after those two. Uh, and, and there's the other offense works, but I think it could still work with a good amount of targets between the both of them. And again, the difference between wide receiver one overall and wide receiver 12 is pretty fast. So like they both finish in the, like, a, like 11, 12, like, you know, you can still kind of sneak in there, Ryan with, so like, but like barring any injuries, cause both those guys have had health problems already. Like, like AJ Brown hasn't been like the, the, uh, like the epitome of health in his career, but he's been amazing when he's on the field with Dallas, Ryan, uh, as we talked about it last week, a little bit on the picture and uh, Michael, I think the, the only downside to those two is they have maybe the best third wide receiver out of the group that we've talked about uh, in Michael Gallup there. I think he's established enough where he is a good NFL wide receiver and he will be ready to at least eat into a little bit. Like 
an 80 yard touchdown pass might go to him over uh, Mark Cooper or CD lamb. So that, that, I mean, it just kind of takes the the ceiling off, but again, for them both to finish as wide receiver ones, I think that's totally fine. But um, yeah, I, I really want, I was, I was debating thinking about like the Buccaneers wide receivers because you could, you could maybe gamble on that Antonio Brown doesn't finish the season. It would, you know, there's so much. Uh, oh, what, what a what a gamble that would be. What, what, right. are, what are the odds? So, but then if he if he doesn't, uh, the other two are going to finish his, his wide receiver ones for sure. You know, as we're talking about like Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans, like that I think would be the safest bet if Antonio Brown wasn't there. Like nobody would blink twice at that. So I almost wanted to go that route, but I, I like the progression of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett together to like repeat for the next year. That's like the most like Wes Welker randy moss type of uh teammate after this list after i looked at it and maybe i just got overhyped but uh you know dk metcalf's just a, he's just a specimen a specimen slash beautiful man so let's let's get him some touchdowns i think uh dallas and tampa bay are great examples of one injury away from the other two guys to have like their ceilings to be unlocked um, even if cooper or lamb got injured like i think Gallup would have similar potential to be a wide receiver one yeah. obviously like more of a longer shot and i could say a similar thing with um antonio brown like he does have wide receiver one feeling like he's been the best wide receiver in the nfl multiple times like it wouldn't absolutely shock me um another team like that i think is cincinnati i think their pass attempts are going to be i might surprise a lot of people i'd probably expect them to be a top five team and with chase higgins and boyd if one of those guys were out and they have to consolidate targets to the other two because i don't think auden tate or Drew Sample or Uzoma are too like they're, they don't scare me too much. So I think uh, I think there's a legitimate chance that like Chase and Higgins could both be finished as wide receiver ones or even Boyd. Um, a couple more long shots I have are um, if Stafford has a like a career year, Woods and Cup might have that opportunity. I was, th- I was thinking Woods and Cup too. Um, I think Hopkins is probably a lock at a wide receiver one, and I think Rondell Moore might have sneaky potential. If like if he hit his ceiling, like smashed that ceiling with AJ Green might be dust. Oh, the world would go nuts. And Kirk hasn't hit a ceiling. So like, again, these are long shots, but I think he might have um, that potential. And my last one, which I love is in 2015. um, It's one of the years that are blank where there wasn't a duel that did it. But I have to think the closest team was Fitzmagic with Brandon Marshall and Eric and um, Eric Decker. Brandon yeah, I'm Marshall kind of surprised had, they weren't. You're right. Yeah, he had 1,500 yards, Brandon Marshall, with 14 touchdowns, and Eric Decker had 1,000 yards with 12 touchdowns. So Fitz money was on yeah. the money. And I think McLaurin is probably – people are banking on him being a wide receiver one. And Samuel, like, he's still young. I think he's just waiting to be unlocked, and Fitz Magic might be the guy to do it. Plus, if he gets some uh, extra touches on the ground game with some trick plays, and he houses those. Yeah, uh, I mean – the, the variance there between wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 12 could be real tight. So I think it's a great point. I also think like Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen could, could repeat it. Yeah. Thielen I has mean, been a wide receiver one twice already. Like he's on that list for a few times. So. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't think they were in 2019 because Thielen missed a few games. He had a really rough 2019. So I think people are banking on Thielen falling off a bit, but people have been probably counting out Thielen his whole career right so he's so much bigger than you think that, that's the thing with Thielen I, I think at, at, at worst he can still be a great red zone possession receiver so anyway well, what are the other options in Minnesota right you have 
Irv Smith and um, Ola B.C. Johnson. Wait, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. Amir Smith-Marset. Yeah, that's who <laughs> I was trying to, was trying to think of him. Like, and Justin Jefferson. Lock it in. Let's go. A late-round rookie, right? So, he's yeah. going to have that locked-in opportunity for sure. So, if he can stay healthy and just do, do what he did in 2020 or 2018, like, he'll be there. Yeah, let's see if uh, D.D. Westbrook makes the team. That pains me that he was signed with Amir Smith-Marset there. But, uh, you know, just like Justin Jefferson didn't have a lot of hype in camp going into the season, they're like the same player. So, here we go. There are a lot of um, teams we forgot about, like Baltimore with Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins, huh? Right? Top of the list. Marquise Brown. Yeah, why would Marquise Brown over Sammy Watkins? Oh, I forgot about Marquise Brown. Well. I, I don't know. I, oh, I, right, right. They're, they're more likely to have two tight end ones than two wide I'll, receiver I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a team that has two great wide receivers, but probably it's, I, I don't think there's any way it's going to happen. Cleveland. I mean, with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, those are two guys that have finished as wide receiver ones. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, it's the Bears super, with Allen Robinson and, and Mooney. Darnell Mooney. Yeah, so, I don't know. Detroit with uh, – no, okay. We can we can yeah. probably move on. But was it Tyra Williams close to wide receiver one one year? He's got to be up there. He was like he was a top fifteen wide receiver for sure. Mooney was a guy I was selling at the beginning of the offseason where I have pretty much a full one eighty now. Like there's not much target competition outside of him and Robinson. And if Fields is as good as I think he is, I think Mooney's got the Stefan Diggs type ceiling. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because I was with you, Jake. Like, I, I felt like there's no way. But, the, I mean, the, the Bears really like him, and, and he's talented. And with, with Fields, yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing. It's 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 like what the, the Bear who who's going to replace him? And it's not like the Bears have a ton of draft capital. They're, not, they're, they're literally not drafting a first-round wide receiver next year because they can't. They don't have a first-round pick unless they acquire one. So, yeah, you got to feel – somewhat good about him which is which is interesting um, yeah you know we're, we're also forgetting about like uh nelson Aguilar, nikhil harry uh jj's are saying a white side and whoever else is gonna finish one of those other two first round picks will finish as a one so like how else do we go down here like juju the pittsburgh could have two wide receiver ones yeah then yeah. you're banking on uh big ben and yeah. like those targets consolidating like, on two people. Uh, two out of those, that whole, like the three wide receivers in that whole group could finish as wide receiver ones. I, I, if, Claypool, I we'll, if Claypool hits a ceiling, he's for sure a wide receiver one. Yeah. I, I And I also think the thing I look at too is there's a lot, a lot of factors, good QB play and then, then poor defenses. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I went with Dallas is I don't think their defense is going to be that great. I think they're going to be a lot of shootouts. I think they're going to have to score to, um, you know, just stay in game. So th- thus it's just going to create those opportunities. Jake, Jake, I kind of like your dark horse Cincinnati. Cause I think going to be the same way. Cincinnati's going to have to throw the ball because I, I, I can yeah. remember their defense. I think it's going to be pretty bad though. So Tyler Boyd and Jamar chase. Let's go. Hey, man, Higgins is an alpha too. Like uh, all three of those guys, they're, they're all really good. Do we know <laughs> if Joe Burrow can even play football yet? Uh, and one that they, they run at the same pass, uh, if they run at the same pace of offense they did last year, they're not worried about getting Burrow hurt, hurt again. Clearly, that didn't work. It worked for fantasy, did not work for the NFL. If they don't change things up, I'll be very surprised if they run at a similar pace of play and the same pass run ratio as they did last season. So, Jake, I think you were trying to segue us there to a, to a trade I made, which which you don't necessarily agree with. So let's get into it. So we in the show notes, I guess we're just going to kind of randomly talk about some trades that we've either seen go down in our leagues or that we've made. So um, 
so I, I sent a message to you guys this past week. So I, I'm in this league, this Harris football premier league, and it's a, essentially a, a super flex league. I think there's like a slight tight end premium. Um, I mean, there is a, a tight end premium, but it, it does, it's not relevant to the trade. So I made a trade for, I think it was, was the one Oh six and which, which I took Jamar chase. So basically I traded T Higgins, the two Oh three, and a broken cam makers for Jamar chase. And, 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 you know, I think of the trade calculators is probably a little bit of an overpay, but I was super excited about the deal. And I, I put in the chat, what do you guys think of this deal? And Jake quickly shoots down all the, all the reasons like, Whoa, that's a huge overpay. I don't know about that for chase. So why don't, why don't you let Jake lead it off. So I'll let, yeah, I'll let Jake go and I'll explain my, my thinking behind the trade and why I still am satisfied with the trade, even though Jake thinks it was bad. <laughs> we haven't even so- heard from Jake yet. So we haven't said the trade, right? So Ryan traded T. Higgins, the 203 in a Superflex rookie draft, and Cam Akers for the 106, which ended up being Jamar Chase. And I'm not here to say anything negative about Jamar Chase. He's in my tier one of wide receivers with Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Chase, Jamar, uh, Justin Jefferson, and C.D. Lamb. Like, he is elite, elite talent. So I understand an overpay to try to get him. But holy crap, did you overpay Ryan? I think T. Higgins is an alpha in his own right. Um, I understand the thought process of Jamar Chase is the new, the true alpha coming into town, and T. Higgins' rookie year of 900 yards could be his career year. Um, regardless of that, his DLF ranking right now is wide receiver 13. So, like, even if you thought that selling him at the value you did is selling him far too low. Um, This year he's projecting as a wide receiver two value with Jamar chase just this year, plus at his sophomore season, right. at his uber young age. Um, What what random point I want to put out there is he wears number 85. So like it means absolutely nothing, but the expectations are high with T Higgins in uh, Cincinnati, regardless of Jamar chase coming in. Um, I think you gave away Cam Akers after this injury news. Um, I'm a firm believer that Akers isn't dead yet. We had uh, Kenny Ngongu, Ngong- okay. uh, Will can probably pronounce his name better, being a fan of his team. Um, he had a 4-3-2 pro day coming off of a torn Achilles. So p- guys can still be uber athletic coming off of Achilles tears. They're not a death sentence. Um like we saw Teddy Bridgewater come back from what we thought was a death sentence in the football world. Um, Alex Smith, we thought was like literally dying on like almost dead on the field. And he came back to play football. Um, obviously one year, um, Victor Cruz tore his Achilles came back. AP has had tons of uh, foot injuries and he's looked like he's going to have one of the longest careers for most running backs, like a Frank Gore arc. Um, I fully believe acres lost value. Um, I don't think there's any doubting that. I would suggest that he probably lost probably about 50% of his value right now um, with the potential that the second he comes back, his value is going up. Like it's probably a 75% of his value. The second he comes back, sure. He doesn't have, he's not guaranteed a starting gig or to be good or anything like that. But I do think there's a potential that he, he could steal that job, but he could come back hundred percent two years. I understand that's like, you, you're getting zero points all that time, and it's like a crapshoot even if, if it even happens. But players in the NFL break the odds all the time. Like, I wouldn't 
put it past him at like his work ethic. I don't think he's the type of guy that is going to shy away from this kind of adversity. Um, and lastly, the last piece you gave up was the 203, which in this year's rookie class in a super flex draft is elite. Like guaranteed, two of these guys are falling. Rashad Bateman, Rondo Moore, Elijah Moore, um, uh, Marshall, typically Devonta Smith or Waddle are gone. And three of, if you're interested in a Michael Carter, which I'm checking all of my rookie drafts, all of those guys are available at 203, which are elite talents. I would assume that I could flip Elijah Moore right now for, for, for a first-round pick plus with that buzz. Similar to the other guys mentioned, I would think I could sell them for more in season just with how I think. And even regardless, there's so much buzz right now, I think I could get, them, could get more. So I think you sold the 203 low. Like I think you could have got Jamar Chase for 203 and Higgins would have been fair. I don't think you had to give away Acres. Um, obviously saying uh, 203 and Acres, that might be a stretch. Maybe Higgins and Acres is a stretch. But I think the three pieces combined are you you always want to Trevor the treasure trove of assets, right? You want to keep building that loom. And uh, I think we can agree that you got the best player in the deal, which is always something to look for. Um, but I just think you potentially gave like three studs, which there's definitely risk in that. Right. Well, that's fair, but you're talking a lot about potential and you know, the, the, we're talking dynasty and we're gonna have a show coming up where we're going to look into the future and project value. And I acquired Jamar Chase, who I feel stronger about. Well, first of all, I don't have any, this is the first roster I've got Jamar Chase. And one of the things I've, I vowed to myself after missing on a couple of guys I really believed in going to rookie drafts is I'm not, if I get a chance to get a guy that I really believe in, I'm going to get that guy. And I, you know, as long as I don't like, you know, grossly, grossly overpay when I don't think this is, I'm going to get that guy. I, I think, as you say, Jake, he's, he's in you know, your top tier. I mean, I think he's a guy that could in a couple of years be like the overall wide receiver one in dynasty. So there's that. I just don't believe in T Higgins as much as a lot of people. I, you know, the fact that he is, you know, like and you say wide receiver 13 and dynasty, like that's a big deal. But really, once you get outside of like that top tier of these these guys in dynasty, I mean, you know, DJ Moore is, is wide receiver 12 right now. You know, I like, but, you, you know, like I think once you get out of that top tier, you know, the, these wide receivers are just kind of like there's there's a lot of there's not a huge difference between wide receiver 13 and say. Cortland Sutton, who's wide receiver 26 or 27. I think wide receivers like that are a dime a dozen. I, I think Jamar Chase is going to be a rare breed. I think he's a, a unicorn among wide receivers. Um, Cam Akers, I appreciate what you're saying. We really don't know the extent of his injury. Could the, It really depends on how bad an Achilles injury is, I think, number one. And number two, yeah, there are guys that have come back from Achilles injuries that run like, you know, four, three, fives or whatever. But yeah, that that's a straight line. Do they have the, you know, cut ability? Like, can they, can they really do it? And until it's proven otherwise, the, the rule is that if a, if a running back gets injured from an Achilles injury, they're not going to have a, a fruitful um, fantasy career. I, I mean, ho- I'm sure he'll come back, but how valuable is he really going to be? So I, I think I think the, this deal is going to come down to that two or three. And, and I acknowledge that that could be a very valuable piece. That could be somebody that turns into a um, you know, top 12 wide receiver or something like that. But I just don't, I mean, there's just so much uncertainty there. I mean, yeah, you can go back and look at sick round picks and sometimes the sick round picks work out, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to cry too much about missing on one of those wide receivers. I, I've got a couple other uh, early second round picks too. So that probably helps. So I'm going to get some of those guys that you mentioned, but, um, but for me, I just wanted to get the certainty of chase 
and I, I feel, I feel, feel good about the deal, but I, I like your perspectives and, and we'll see. I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that, that, that two or three uh, at the end of the day. I think that's where it's going to, going to really decide if this is a good deal or not. Um, and, and then acres. So, I mean, I, and trust me more than anybody as a guy who has acres on so many rosters, I really hope you're right. I really hope acres comes back, but I just felt there was an opportunity to get this deal with him and to, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, d- just to kind of um, diversify a little bit. So, anyway, uh, Will, what do you, you have any thoughts on this deal? You want to weigh in? You haven't weighed in at all on this deal in the, in the chat or on the show yet. So, what do you think? I mean, I think my opinion is kind of irrelevant at this point. I love this conversation, and it's great. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's league and team like specific. Uh, Ryan, I, you gave up a lot to go up and get your Marchese because of your specific like multiple dynasty league situation. If you're in one and only one dynasty league you should not have made this trade when you're in multiple you diversify a bit it's a big overpay but my whole trade philosophy is you, tra- you trade for what you want I-, I think jake has a really great point and i think you have, have not quite as great a point as jake ryan but the passion point of it i think like i think on a straight value standpoint i i i would side with jake like pretty easily but again i i'm, I'm a person that like i traded away the whole farm for uh, Lamar Jackson, like last year, and I'm still holding it on moving into this year. It's just, it's a different, you have to understand what it takes to get a deal done. If that's the whole negotiation process. So I sold, I sold like T Higgins, uh, you know, for like, for like the 112 in a rookie draft to pick up. Oh, I'm going to blank on his name. Quarterback for the Patriots now. It's rookie. Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. And I was lauded in the group chat for that. And I was like, well, I don't know, like T Higgins is wide receivers. And I was looking this up as we were talking because we can see how quickly wide receiver, like like in, in, in draft startup value, can change so quickly. I feel like a good quarterback in the first round with a guy like Mac Jones is the upside for that is much higher than what I think T. Higgins' future is. I agree that T. Higgins is an alpha, but I also think T. Higgins was a product of the way they were in the offense that last year. And it may just be me, everybody. But I think Cincinnati's in for uh, anybody who's projecting the way they played last year for them to play the exact same way this year. Uh, I will be gambling against that. So I, 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 I don't projecting things season to season is a loser's bet. Uh, over, like overall, you, you, you take percentages of it, but for it to it, like increase from what they were over last year, I'm against. So that's why I, I think it's totally fine. And Jamar chase is one of the most unique talents out there. So overall, like, yeah, I, I, I so if I had to like, if I'm voting for Ryan or Jake's take, I Ryan take Jake's. It's, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, but I, I, but I don't disagree with the trade. But like, I think the argue, like arguments. I think, yeah, I think, I think you laid it out pretty well. I don't even think I disagree with the trade too much either. To like, not to backtrack too much, but no, it's just, just this is what we do. We talk yeah, about it. I just more mean like on a market value perspective. But like, I completely agree with Ryan that like Jamar Chase is easily the best guy in this deal. He could uh, be the best maybe, guy in this draft. Maybe if Acres is healthy, like other like then there'd be a conversation. But, like, I agree with Ryan that Chase could easily be the wide receiver one, and, like, you got you, you to gotta pay up for that type of thing, right? So I don't hate it. Um, I just wish you, like, got something back, or maybe you traded a 22-second instead of that 203. It's like, some, you know, like, I would have just wanted to tweak a little, like, a little bit personally. But I, d- I don't think it's – like, you got Jamar Chase, right? How can you be too upset by right. that? Yeah, and another thing too. But I love know, looking into the counterpoint. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. I no, love looking no, into the counterpoint, Jake, and like presenting that. That's that's a good like discourse. Yeah, 
And, and I think one of the things too with with trades that I don't know if you guys agree with this or not too. Like in like the, I think it's easier. Like I, I think obviously when you're trading for a rookie pick on the clock, you, you got to pay a little bit more or you got to be a little more aggressive because the drafts move so quickly. There are a bunch of offers. You're competing against different owners. Whereas if this was just like a this guy had um, Chase on his roster, we're negotiating back and forth. Then I then I think it's easier for for me to get more value back, you know. So I think I, that's part of it too. That you know, it's um, the rookie draft is moving, you know, and you're competing against other people. And yeah, I mean, I think that in a different situation, maybe I could have gotten more back in the deal. But you know, it, it's you know, situation team specific, that type of thing. So anyway, let's talk about some other deals. Um, Jake, um, you want to talk about this? I didn't see this. What 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 league was this in? Um, did you did you put this in the show sheet, or did Will put this in the show sheet? This no, DJ Shark deal league. My trade. Yeah, yeah no, my, I I put it in the show sheet, and I, it's not a league that anybody. Um, in this podcast, anyways, is in. It is a two tight end super flex league um, with a 1.5 tight end premium. Irrelevant in the trade. There's no no tight ends, but or quarterbacks for that matter. But that's the scoring settings. Um, I traded DJ Charkaway for Damian Harris and Diami Brown. Okay, you guys want to tell me what you so, think, and I'll explain my rationale. No, for uh, for when I saw this, I thought it was was Najee Harris, and I was like, I was like, wow, you just put in deals where you're like totally ripping people off, <laughs> but no, no. Uh, it's a, a little bit different. So, what um, you want me to go first, Will, or you have thoughts on this um, this deal? Uh, I mean, I, I'm just kind of in the middle on it. So, so one uh, of the circumstances I, is I just lost Cam Akers, so my running back core is Travis Etienne, Antonio Gibson, and. Ty Johnson, Elijah Mitchell, Kenny Inwangu, and now Damian Harris. So I was I needed that some more RP depth from my perspective. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of off of the the train. Like I want DJ Chark to be so much better, but we 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 got his value value spike. I don't know if he's gonna get another value spike, but the way that that team's going, if he's healthy this year, I think that there's a great chance that you lost this deal horribly. You know, with, with the way that that the walking in Trevor Lawrence into that offense, but uh, I mean, I think it just works for the team. It's it's hard to be overly passionate about. I think you left your. I don't think Damian Harris is a long term big time running back. Like what? I mean, you might get a season out of him, but after this, like I, I don't really see how the Patriots have committed to him in any sort of way that matters. Uh, Jamie Brown, I, I think that that could be a fun upside pick. So you you have a lot of upside there. But I think you've lost a lot of upside in Chark as well. And you could I, – I think at this point in time, to trade for a positional need, uh, you could wait a few weeks and maybe get somebody a little bit cheaper. Or maybe something else has fallen in your favor with 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 injuries. Like Damian Harris could tear his, his ACL or, or pop his Achilles like next week. So I would, I would wait on something like this to try to require a running back with like losing Cam Akers and then trying to replace this kind of one-for-one. One. It's it's just a little bit dangerous in this time of the offseason. Hmm. So I think you make some interesting points. Well, I I think that I'm fine with the deal. I think I think especially situationally, it makes sense that you wanted to add running backs. And I think in different leagues, and you can speak to this league. One, that it's hard to acquire running backs in leagues, guys. I mean, generally speaking, in most of my leagues, it is. So, um, and Damian Harris is a guy that obviously I've liked him since his rookie year because I've had him roster in a lot of leagues. The reports out of 
New England appear to believe them. There's some beat reporters saying that they t- the teammates are saying that Cam is just not the same guy anymore, that Cam doesn't have it. And if Cam is not the starter, Mac Jones is a starter. Um, I-, I like Damian Harris more because I think he's going to get you know some more red zone carries. Um, I, th- I think he could he could put up some bigger fantasy numbers. So I I, I think Ter- Damian Harris is a guy we continue to sleep on. We continue to use that same entire narrative that oh it's New England. You know they're you, you know you don't want any New England running backs and look at that backfield. Well now the reports are saying it's clearly he's the number one guy. I think he's the number one running back at a New England, whether we want to like believe it or not. And if if Cam is not the starter or if Cam is diminished, I, I don't know. I mean I'm not saying that I think that. Damian Harris is going to be a running back one or anything, but you know, I think he could be a decent running back too. And DJ Jark gets a question mark, you know, let's see how Trevor Lawrence is. It's, it seems like they got a lot of talented wide receivers there. So, I mean, he's talented and we've seen it. Um, so you get Harris plus Demi Brown, who was, you know, a little bit of a dart throw, but he's got some talent. It could work out. So, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with the deal. I, do I, do I love it? I don't love it, but I, I understand the reason you made it. And I think it probably is win-win for you and the other owner. So it's a pretty boring trade. Um, my thought process, obviously I needed running back. Um, I really like Damon Harris going into this year. Obviously he's not like a super long-term um, prospect. And if, or if he was, he'd probably be higher in dynasty rankings. Right. But I agree with Ryan that outside of Harris, like who, who is there? We're talking Sony Michelle, James White, Ramadre Stevenson, all of these guys have been talked about as cut candidates. Um, obviously Stevenson's not getting cut, but he's already been placed on some, and right. a five list, right? Like That's he's right. a he's a nothing burger right now, and compared to taking starter snaps from Damian Harris, I think he is the dude this year. So I think it's the opportunity is is, is in his hands to seize it, right? And I don't think I think if he shows just enough that they might not invest in the position again because um, double edged sword, running back doesn't matter easily. Obviously, he's replaceable, but if he's good enough, maybe they don't look to replace him because he's cheap. Um, so that's one thing I like about Damian Harris. Um, obviously that the fact that there's no one behind him, maybe that's also a reason that they bring in competition for him. So there is some risk there. Um, and I realize that, but DJ Chark is somebody I'm starting to fade. I have him in a bunch. I had, I had him in a, in a decent amount of leagues. I want to say like 30% and I'm just trying to fade the risk a little bit. Um, I think there's legitimate chance that he is the third best wide receiver on the team after they brought in, uh, Marvin Jones. I am an absolute LaVisca Chanel stan. I think he is a beast. I don't think BJ Chark is going to compete with him too much. But I think there's definite definite risk that maybe DJ Chark becomes Trevor Lawrence's best friend and that he's his wide receiver one going forward. And there's there's definite risk, um, risk in that. Um, but DJ Chark's a guy who had a bus profile in college. Um, he hasn't really been efficient in the NFL. He has one wide receiver wide receiver two season and uh, they're bringing in Marvin Jones, who I think it has a more redundant skill set to Chark than with LaVisca. So I just, I think I see the arrow trending down for Chark more than up, but again, that's kind of just my perspective. I understand that it's, it's all a crapshoot, right? He could easily be the wide receiver one there. What the hell do I know? And I just like Diane um, throwing in Diami there. Cause I kind of see it as, um, taking a bet on the next DJ Chark. He doesn't have like the draft capital as him, but um, a similar deep threat. If I think DJ Chark's a wide, th- wide receiver three on Jacksonville, I think Diane Brown's a wide receiver three on Washington. So um, there's a big value gap there, but in my mind, it's it's more lateral than people realize. 
um, because again, if I think DJ Chark's arrow is going down, I think Diami's is going up. So to get a, a running back who I can use for the year and um, I've finished in second place, the back-to-back years in this league. So I'm definitely a contending team and I'm making that push and that RB depth is something I'm going to need for bye weeks and throughout the year. Right. So I trust Damian Harris's opportunity. And when it comes to running backs, as we all know, opportunity is key. Specifically on the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, especially if, if he gets the pass catching role too. Like, No, I mean, he has to get a lot of opportunity on there. But So I think it could be easily worth it because you need the running back depth and he could be a plug and play like running back too. I think the one hole I'll poke in your argument is that like DJ Chark has a bust college collegiate wide receiver profile but finishing as a wide receiver too uh in fantasy is already it's already a win so he's not a bust so i think that that kind of needs to be thrown out the window at this point in time uh there's been plenty of plenty of boom wide receiver profiles that have busted and since he's boomed in the nfl that needs to be valued a little bit higher but again like overall like i have no problem with the deal whatsoever i just like I, i i you know i think as you go down this like diatribe of really looking into it and trying to make it like seem uh, you like it's worth it in one way. Like you can poke holes like little here and there. And I think one, the the New England backfield, uh, we've heard hype statements out of the New England backfield every single offseason for for plenty and plenty of years. Uh, do I think Damon Harris is a great bet? And I think that your upside there is easily worth this deal. So that's already checked off, but it's just not like that safe. Uh, he could also like be succeeded by Ramon Stevenson because he did like CrossFit, you know, like uh like uh like, like Eddie Lacy back in the day and lost a bunch of weight and now came back as a super fit running back. I kid, but anyway, there's also like, like Sony, who I, you know, RIP Sony Michelle, everybody pour one out for fallen brethren. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. My, I'm just talking in circles at this point in time about like the, the flip sides of the deal. The funnest part of this would be is if Deami Brown actually becomes the, the like outside wide receiver, like the, the full on uh, you know, outside wide receiver for, for Washington. And he becomes the Brandon Marshall to uh, everybody else is Eric Decker. And maybe he doesn't score as many fantasy points, but he is still like the alpha dog on the outside. So let, let's, let's move on from this deal. And will you, you put in an interesting deal in the show sheet that patron supporter Corey Deaton, um, a, a move that he pulled off. And I think this is a really interesting trade. I'm glad you put this in. This is a good trade to talk about before we get to a, a new segment on the show. So, Will, do you want to you wanna set this one up and, and talk about your thoughts? Well, it's just a – I try to look back at – is it? I think it's a 12-team Superflex League for sure. It might yeah, be 14-team, but I, I believe it's 12. I think it's 12. And so Corey that. has some quarterback depth behind this with uh, uh, Trey Lance and oh, – why, why am I blanking so hard tonight? Uh, it's the quarterback for the the Bears. Fields. Yeah, Fields. Justin Fields. My, I mean, I'm, I'm my brain. Honestly, I might be losing brain cells as we speak. But anyway, this happens pretty often. Uh, but he has that that is backup, and so he traded Aaron Rodgers and Irv Smith for Cam Newton, J.K. Dobbins in a 2022 third. I think you can kind of throw out the third round pick. So let's go Aaron Rodgers and Irv Smith for uh, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Newton. Yeah, so it's interesting to me. Uh, Jake, do you you want to go first, or you want me to go? No, uh, you can go first. Yeah, because because in in the in the greatest show on paper league that you heard about last week, 
to rookie draft people responded to the chat like oh you know i it seemed like the it was very positive for the deal and you know for me i i don't know enough about the league but you know aaron Rodgers is is a quarterback in a super flex league and you know yeah you're gonna back a quarterback in cam newton um but but i kind of alluded to the fact and and listen i hope i'm wrong cam could t- come back and be able to cam and be a stud and then all of a sudden it changes things but you know let's just assume for a second that you know, Cam is, is, you know, the starter half halfway through the year. I mean, he may be kind of a dead asset in terms of dynasty is concerned. So then it's Rogers and Smith for Dobbins and a 2022 third. I just don't feel like that's enough for Aaron Rogers. Um, and I know maybe after the press conference that happened today, that a lot of people heard when Aaron Rodgers was talking about retirement, it, you never know with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he could win a championship in green Bay and just decide to peace out and he's done. And, and that wouldn't shock anybody. I don't think, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like maybe uh, Corey could have gotten more for Aaron Rodgers. So I don't, I don't like, I don't hate the deal, but I just, I don't know. I feel like he could have got more in a super flex league. That's just my, that's just my feeling. But what, what do you think, Jake? I'm surprised at your uh, 180 on Cam Newton. Cause we've been a Cam Newton podcast for the, like so I, far this off season. I, I am. I love, I love Cam Newton, Jake. And I, I want to believe it, but those reports like I, and maybe that's, it's all BS and I should, channel my inner chris harris and not believe these offseason reports but if teammates are saying he's not the same guy that that really has me concerned and and what we saw last year because we were making we've been making excuses for cam newton right like well he had COVID last year a new team oh yeah Corey also has patrick Mahomes. sorry i missed that one in there yeah yeah so i you know i I just think we've made a lot of excuses for for cam newton but when's the last time cam newton was good and a difference maker it's it's been a while And, and so odds are he's probably just not that good anymore um, I hate to say it. So obviously if Cam Newton turns out to, you know, be good and is like a, you know, the QB 18 or something, this deal looks, looks pretty decent, but you know, I, I, so maybe that's the, that, that's the piece in the deal that makes or breaks it as Cam maybe. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I think the best part about getting Cam in this deal is that I, I think it's almost like a throw in. Like I think the deal is good for him without Cam. So it's kind of just a dart throw lottery ticket as, Hey, maybe Cam is still sticks around the league and maybe he still can be a starter. And if so, um, I just got free fantasy points and the jump from Rogers to Cam on a points per game pace isn't going to be super dramatic if he's like, if Cam bounces back and it, like, that's a pretty good lottery ticket to get, get thrown in there when you're giving away a quarterback. Um, I think his quarterback depth is like a major point here um, because it just makes it like such a slam dunk to, tr- to trade Rogers here. Um, I don't, I don't know if we said if there's a tight end premium or not. Um, I guess it would matter for Irv Smith, but I don't really think it would matter unless it was a two tight end set because Irv Smith isn't like a super high ceiling guy. And I think in a single tight end league or, um, even a 1.5 premium league, I think those are like the difference makers for tight end where, um, the floor plays like a, who I think is more of an Irv Smith, who is just like a steady Eddie kind of guy. Um, doesn't have as much value to me in those kind of leagues where in a two tight end league, like that stability is super valuable. So when we're talking about big pieces, like Aaron Rodgers in the super flex, um, JK Dobbins, Irv Smith doesn't move the needle too, too much for me. Just like Cam Newton at this point in his career, doesn't move the needle too much for me. Same thing with the 2023rd at the throw-in piece, like, I don't know how good the team is, but regardless, it is just a throw-in. So yeah. if we're talking Aaron Rodgers for Dobbins, like, 
J.K. Dobbins, we got a four, he runs a four three seven. He's two hundred and ten pounds. He can catch. He is under twenty three years old. He is my RB five in dynasty. Like he is a superstar in the making. A super run heavy team. Um, where Aaron Rodgers is coming off a of retirement, where he's threatened, or he's coming off of an off season where he's threatened retirement. He's thirty eight years old, um, and. Aaron Rodgers is like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm not going to say that he is going to retire anytime soon. Like I think there's a potential that he plays for five more years, but that's why I think that's why I wanted to specify how important his quarterback depth is because when, when you have those quarterbacks, it's much easier to trade a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You don't need him for in that contending window as much and getting Dobbins is a big piece for, like if you have Mahomes, you're obviously competing. So a piece like that's huge. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't. I just feel like is now the time to sell Rodgers? Do you wait till the season and he has a couple of big games? It looks like he's going to be quarterback one. And does that get more get interesting more in your league? Dobbins. I I don't know. I just you know maybe I just am, am higher on Aaron Rodgers than I need to be in a super flex league. I just feel like and I like Dobbins a lot. It's not. And once again, this is a this is a fine deal and, and you're right with in the context with with Corey's quarterback situation you're right it makes a lot of sense and it, and it works um uh for sure i just i don't know i just i, I just get the impression that maybe but maybe not maybe he shopped around and this is a good this is the best deal i could get and it, like i said it's fine um you know I, I just i don't know i just feel like you got more and, and Irv, I, I think i like Aerosmith smith a little bit more than maybe you guys do especially if this is tight in premium you know i i you say he's not high ceiling and I know they got Thielen there and they got Justin Jefferson, but how much longer is Thielen there? I don't know. Irv, Irv Smith could be really good. Although we say that about so many tight ends each year and you, we have in like, like the three that are good. So you, so like to points about all this, let's run it down real quick. First of all, Cam Newton was the second overall scoring quarterback in week two of last season behind Dak Prescott, putting up just a massive league winning week uh, for your team. Uh, after week three, which, week? Which he, uh, sorry, week winning uh, <laughs> uh, performance. No, it's a great point. Great point. Uh, that one week was very two. important for that league. No, know. but then week three, after week three, you got COVID. So you wash out the rest of the seat. Let's just say that Cam, so Cam Newton was like, he was quarterback nine in week one, like quarterback two in week two. Uh, quarter, in the third week, he, he honestly might have COVID going in that game and he was a mess. And then after that, the rest of the season was really big. Like it wasn't a great season for Cam Newton. Still finishes the top 32 quarterback overall, including like in week 17, put up a massive performance. At least he's coming back. Like he had these opportunities. Like Cam Newton can still be a really great quarterback. And especially with that rookie quarterback situation, that's a great bridge quarterback. He could outscore Aaron Rodgers in the first six weeks of next season, I think relatively easily with his rushing upside. If he's house and touchdowns and is fully healthy, I think that's that's a total probability. So I like that getting Cam side of it. I'm just just going full upside on Cam. Secondly, uh, yeah, the Ravens are the most run-heavy team in the NFL because they have Lamar Jackson. I, I think that that stuff gets it's way, way, way over overrated. They, you know, they just uh, it, they they have a multiple running back backfield. There could even be a third person there at any point in time, and then you have Lamar Jackson on top of that. So you could have you could potentially have four runners in one game playing for them. So I think J.K. Dobbins' upside, based on his metrics, is a little overweighted in dynasty for what he can be. I do love J.K. Dobbins as a prospect, and if he booms, and I hope he booms, I just would not be willing to put too much value into that. So that's what hurts me from that side. Uh, this is would have been a great deal if it was Cam Akers pre-injury, or if you're getting somebody else back that's a more reliable running back that isn't a split backfield. 
because uh, that, that's a split backfield, basically three ways. And I would be shocked if it was different this year. So that's why in the whole, uh, I think I would take Rodgers and Irv Smith over this deal because the 22 there, I don't care about. Uh, so Rodgers and Irv Smith from Cam and Dobbins. Uh, I would take Rodgers over Dobbins in a straight super flex league because Rodgers has 50 touchdown upside still versus Dobbins has like what, like running back 15 upside. One thing to mention about Irv Smith too, because I felt like I said a bunch of negatives about him is he's only 23 years old. Like he is. He's one youngest. of your guys. He should be one of your guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's like, athletic. He's young. I love Maybe. the 21 year old rookies and he's going into his third year, which is kind of like a, like for receivers, but even tight, like especially tight ends, like that year three breakout or even later, like t- tight ends take a little longer. So he's 23 years old. The only tight ends that are younger than him are rookies or Cole Komet. They're he, like, he is the youngest tight end. And he's, tw- well, he's, he, he's 22 as of this recording. It'll be 23 August 9th. So happy, happy early, early birthday, Irv Smith Jr. Skull. So I, I definitely get your, um, the explanation of, I agree that Rogers got 50, 50 uh, touchdown ceiling in him. And like, he could play until he's 43. Like he doesn't have much of a life outside of football. So he goes somewhere that actually values him. Let's him have like the decision-making ability that he can. Like if Jay Kumaro comes out of retirement, like he could stick around for a while. And Gus Edwards is going to be a thorn in JK Dobbins side for at least another two years. He's on the COVID list. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, he'll be back. There's definitely. Are you talking about Lamar Jackson or Gus Edwards? Gus Edwards is on the COVID list. Both him and Lamar. Yeah. At least, at least he, I mean, unless he's off the list. Get it out early, I guess. Get the vaccine boys. Let's go. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to to that that backfield. But guys, we should probably any other thoughts on this trade? Uh, anyway, I think I think in the end of the day, it's it's pretty even. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, but it will depend on a lot of factors, like how these guys perform. Um, <laughs> of course, like it always. What did you guys think about uh, Aaron Rodgers' press conference? Didn't watch you know, it. I I read the like the basically a detailed article where he said he didn't watch him say it. I want to go back and watch it. You they asked him one question, pretty much this like. So tell me about the off season, like from your perspective type of thing. And then he just went on for like five, 10 minutes. What I read is that it sounds like, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he came in and, and um, uh, Sean is in the fantasy ADX support for him as a Packers fan, even said this. And after reading the, the transcript of the, of the interview, I think Sean is, is spot on that, you know, he, he came out, crosses this like very reasonable like like that you know and that he just wanted to have some say help out the team and if you think about an organization if you have rogers yeah he's aaron rogers so if your best employee it has connections with with other people in the industry and they can help you connect to those people and bring them in and tell you about them and your, your star says you know what i'm good but if i had that guy working if i was working with him i'd be even better you probably want to listen to that guy or, or yeah. so yeah, it, it, it seems like maybe these front office guys have some egos and they, uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity for the Packers and I think they've made a lot of, you know, some mistakes too. I, th- I think they were a couple players away last year from, from getting over the hump uh, maybe not the year before, but I don't know. It, it, yeah. I think he had like a superhuman genuine response. Um, like obviously football is a business, but like you still have to treat people with respect, like, which is kind of like what he said. And how can you not agree with that? Um, 
like you said, he's Aaron Rodgers. Why should he not be involved in front office? Like he's, like, you would be silly not to ask his advice. Like you could, you saw what Tom Brady did with uh, Tampa Bay, and like the pull he had, and they won the Super Bowl immediately, right? So he sees that. Of course, he's gonna feel like, hey, I wish they they could they should listen to me, especially when he's trying. Um, I think the Instagram with pictures with Adams is, was a clear reference to the last dance. Oh, no doubt. So I think he's most likely looking for greener pastures. Well, maybe I shouldn't use the word green with Green Bay, but he's, he's looking, I'm gonna do for, Vikings. Let's looking go. for the door. I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, for the Steelers. We saw Dave oh, get and out our, of town. Dave, fingers crossed for Redskins, but there's going to be a few teams that are going to be in the market for a quarterback next year. So every team will be in the market for Aaron Rodgers if he's available. Secondly, uh, Aaron Rodgers had that speech practice for a long time. The Aaron Rodgers is a very, very, he's a very, very intelligent man. And this whole off season, he has kept completely silent. It's been like completely predicated by his schedule and what he wants. And I am very, very impressed by the way that this has all worked out. Uh, and that, I mean, so of course he's going to have a very succinct and great response to this because he's very smart and he's, he's like, he knows what he wanted to do. This speech, I, he probably wrote the speech like four weeks ago, you know, or maybe even like, like what is it, like eight weeks ago in Hawaii with everybody. He was putting it together. He was getting it ready. He knew what he was worth and what he'd get. And the Packers' hands were tied, like at this point in time. Like they either you lose the entire, like you have a whole massive fan base that hates you for a year as you watch Jordan Love struggle as his first starting season uh, and the whole thing fall apart at the seam. So he had a lot of power. And I'm impressed by what he did. I'm happy for what he did. And I hope it's a new president for the NFL. Good job. Amen. Yeah. I was really hoping he would get traded away, obviously. So I get to watch him destroy my bears at least, at least twice more. Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins is a nice, quiet man. You could have him, Green Bay. He doesn't say and, much. He doesn't say Denver's much unless you win. At, uh, Peyton Manning 2.0 when Rodgers is testing free agents. Mm. Actually I'm just saying when Aaron Rodgers is a full free agent and he wants to like screw over the Packers, Minnesota's the place. Cool. Okay. Let's go. Brett Favre might have some good reviews. Brett, Fav- Brett Favre. Which- yeah, pl- please get out of the NFC North, please. Um, all right. Let, let, guys, uh, we, before the two-minute warning, I'll do this quick. I, I want to introduce a new segment on the show, and I'm going to call it Ryan's Why Sleeper Sucks Rant of the Week. Despite my best efforts to get out of sleeper, I've been pulled into a sleeper league because I wanted to be in this league with you guys and you talked me into it. And I'm, I'm trying to like look at rosters to figure out, okay, who, who are good trade partners? Who's got who? And man, it is so hard in sleeper guys compared to MFL, you know, MFL reports, rosters. I get to see everyone's rosters and even a different formats if I want to. And like it's not easy in sleeper. Maybe there's something I'm missing, but I can't find it. So that's my frustration with sleeper this week. So stay tuned. Every episode, I'll have something that upsets me about sleeper. Jake, can you help me? Can you help me with the with the roster viewing? Can you? Tell yeah, me you, you got to use the app specifically for that one function. Where desktop is just awful for it, but if you use the app for that function, you'll have no problems. So on Twitter, when we tweet out the show, I will tag Sleeper and say, and, and, and we introduce a segment, Ryan, why Sleeper sucks, and maybe they'll put some development into it. Does this, this improve your website? How, how hard is it to improve your desktop? MFL okay. hates me, and now Sleeper's going to hate me. 
Yeah. No, they won't. They won't help. They won't hate you. So I want the. I, I like actually the sleeper company because they are, they do invest a lot of time and resources into the app. They want it to get better. So they, it has gotten better each year. I'll give them credit. It's just, there's still some things that just drive me crazy about it. So yeah. Plus, um, Jake, Jake sent me a nice little, uh, Viking emoticon. Yeah. Cool. I got a little bear. That was, which was nice. So that was, that was, that was nice. So, that, so everyone who didn't add me as a friend on sleeper, you're missing out on sweet mascots and a fun <laughs> friendship. Yeah. All right, guys, let, let's let's get to the two minute warning. It's getting late. So any final thoughts before we close the show? Let's go to at takes Jake, Jake Patterson. Okay, oh, you want to go last? Place. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Will, Will's distracted. So he's looking at his phone. Maybe he's trying to make a deal. Well, I, was trying to, I was trying to set my uh, little sleeper bot as the Viking. I hadn't done that yet, Jake. And I feel like this is disrespectful after that kind of gift. So my last thought of the night is, uh, Jake, thanks for the nice gift. Appreciate that. Um, to, to counter that. I wanted to say that uh, Zach Ertz now has blonde hair, so he is primed to beat Kyle Pitts oh, and Dallas man. Goddard this year. Does he have blue eyes too? Me and uh, him are like the same person. We have his, just as big arms and body. He's your tutu Atwell. Yeah, he's yeah, just like your tutu Atwell. I I am Zach Ertz. Bad at football. Past your prime. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're like the same. I mean, he's, <laughs> you're younger than me, so like. I don't necessarily have anything for the two minute warning. My two minute warning was my introduction, I guess, of my, my sleeper rant. So uh, with that, Jake, I'll, I'll let you, uh, you close the show with your, with your two minute warning. What do you got? Well, I was just saying about Zachary's blonde hair. That's what oh, I that was it. Oh, that was it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to be last. So Will couldn't rebuttal too much. Uh, all right. Honestly, uh, 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 like bleep you, Jake bleep you. Uh, That's what I was expecting. One of uh, my, like my best friend here in Minneapolis, uh, well, in general, uh, just had a kid and it's the closest friend that I've had that has had a kid. And I went over and held the baby for the first time and didn't feel awkward about it. Although like the, I looked awkward cause like the shoulders were high. Like if you ever held a baby for the first time and you're not like used to it, you gotta like crap up the head, you know, and I'm really nervous about that. Uh, and I had an Iowa tank top on and the most bro hat ever, which is my Bill Murray, <laughs> you know, William Murray hat. Uh, he took a picture of it. I was like, wow, I look like a complete doofus, but, uh, it, it was, uh, they seem really calm about it. Their birthing experience is a whole another tyrant, but, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to our kid in like, you know, year and a half ish. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's terrifying when you, when you're not used to babies to hold it. Like if, if you're not used to it, it is a little terrifying experience. Cause you're like, you got this little life in your hands. So, but yeah, once you, once yeah have a baby you you, you kind of get used to it but ryan did, did any of your babies have a uh, like wolfman back hair no i'm afraid not <laughs> uh i guess that they're so lila had uh like she's a full head of hair and i guess like the hair goes like pretty far down the back when they're born like it's like a whole like you know it's a that it's like, i don't know like that's the evolutionary trait that still isn't gone yet because humans eventually will lose all their hair because there's no purpose for it so in like a thousand years from now, maybe more, uh, it'll all be gone. It'll be fine. Oh my. All right. I, I guess we'll end the show there. Way more than a thousand. <laughs> Way more than a thousand for any actual scientists out there. That's a joke, but. All right. With, with that, this is, that's a fun ending. Okay. So we're the Fantasy Joes. You can, you can support us on Twitter. Or find us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at FFJoes. You can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Jake is at takes Jake on Twitter. Will is at finish underscore Will. I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Jake Patterson, Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are 
the Fantasy Joes. Uh, so week 13 in a league that I'm in last season, Nick Mullins was the, the quarterback eight in 2020. That's nice. awesome. Nice. Oh, he's on the he's, he's on the Eagles now, right? Oh, man. Yes. Add him up. Add him up. Because they're going to need to test him out at some point, right? Like when the coaching staff gives up on the season. Anyway, that's my last thought. Go. <laughs> I just...